Hello, hello, hello. How are you guys doing over here today? I just want to say, if you guys are new to the YouTube channel and enjoy the content that is over here, you guys should do yourself a favor and actually follow along on whichever podcast channel or platform you guys actually use because we are going to be posting exclusive content over there with longer formed episodes, stuff that you guys do not see over here on the YouTube channel. So make sure to be linked to the top of the description, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. It doesn't really matter where you guys do it. Just go type in Speak the Truth and follow along. Now, I'm also hiring another gentleman to come on board so we're going to start adding more documentary-styled content to this channel. He's actually been inside of Ukraine for about two months now, and he's been putting together a documentary, and he's he's going to be coming here next week. We're going to have a discussion. He's going to hopefully come work full-time over here. I have a lot of stuff planned and have, well, planned for filming outside of Ukraine, Russia war, that is, because this thing's not going to go on forever, and I want to I want to shed some light on some really uh, interesting stuff you guys may not know. Now, I'm hoping to have the first documentary up next weekend, so we should see how that goes. Uh, well, we'll see. We'll see. Just want to let you guys know. Now, out the gate, we're going to actually share some clips uh, from the oh-so-great Russian state TV. So if you guys are listening on the podcast side of things, uh, I'll explain a little bit better here in a second. Now, it is very ironic. Now, within this first, this first little piece I did show you guys, that, that they're, they're claiming somehow, which I don't really know exactly how they're claiming this, or they came to this conclusion, but Russia is claiming that they aren't the aggressor inside of this current conflict, like this war. I have no idea where they're getting this. He claims that we're not seconds away from World War III, but the time is now. They're going back to the World War III stuff. Once again, we're going to talk about nuclear. I, it's just the same old Russia stuff we hear over and over and over again. Now in the second clip, it seems that they're very... I don't know. They're they're noticing that there are some Western outlets that are that are paying attention to them. I guess kind of like this this one you guys are listening to right now, uh, that are paying attention to the content. And they're they're not too fond of the Russians who are apparently translating them, which is kind of weird. You would assume that they would kind of want this to be spread out throughout the entire world, but they're recalling the Russians who are or the people who speak Russian. They're calling them traitors. <laughs> Now, there is no way that that gentleman we just listened to, there's absolutely, there's no way that he believes what he is saying is actually true. I mean, seriously, did he really just say that they aren't going to solve conflicts by using military force? I mean, that is probably the most ironic thing I've ever heard coming out of a a Russian, like not using military force. Well, we've got a whole bunch of clips we're going to share with you guys later on to show some of the quote-unquote non-military force. Now, my God, how brainwashed are these people? He is claiming, him himself, that Putin is a peaceful person might honestly be the world's worst lie I have ever heard coming out of anybody's mouth. Like, there is absolutely no way that anybody can actually, like, Putin being a peaceful man. Yes. All right. The sun is also blue. Now, Slovakia has actually presented a plan to transfer 12 MiG-29 fighter jets to the Ukrainian Air Force. Now, the planes will actually be delivered after Poland and, and, and Czechia agreed to protect Sl- Slovak airspace. Uh, I don't know exactly how they're doing that or what, what, what that comes to terms, but they said they're going to do this until the country actually receives its F-16s, that is, from the United States. Now, I know this doesn't seem like that big of a deal. They're just going to give them 12 MiGs and, and whatever. It, it, I know. That, that, that U.S. men are it's a big deal. Now, what really could go wrong? It's not like Russia would try to enter their airspace, right? You know, that's not something that Russia would do. They would never do anything like this. Well, today, don't you worry, folks. 
Russia decided to do that just so, I mean, I don't know what's going on. This is, we were going down a path that I don't think the entire world wants to go down. A lot of people like myself, we want to go on vacation or holiday, whatever you guys call it. We want to enjoy ourselves. We want to go out and go fishing. We want to hang out with our daughter. But no, today Russia decided, you know what, we're just piss off a NATO member. They, they sent an MI8 helicopter uh, into Estonia, violated the airspace, which if you guys didn't know is a NATO member. The Russian helicopter spent two minutes inside Estonian airspace. For what reason, I don't really know. It's probably just to piss them off. Now, the Baltic States defense minister has actually stated that Russians are simulating missile attacks on Estonia. Now, Estonia is a very, I mean, they have like one very small chunk in the southwestern portion of the country that is touching Russia, and that's the area where they went in. Now, he also stated that it is not as serious. It's, it's never been this serious as it is now. I don't know entirely where, where they keep going. I guess we're on the, the, this is, I made this joke yesterday, but apparently you go from, there's nothing more than serious, but now we're on super serious mode. Estonia is now saying this. Yesterday, Russia was saying that they're in super serious mode. I, I don't know. I, I've done a bit more reading, by the way, and this incident is actually not just the first one. There's been several incidents of Russian infringement just today alone. This is all stemming from the fact that Lithuania blocked goods reaching Kaliningrad in which Russia vowed to retaliate. We had no idea how they were going to. I don't think they've really done it yet. Now, Germany is also now accusing Russian energy giant Gazprom of trying to create chaos on the continent by reducing the delivery of gas via the pipeline. I mean, I could have told you literally this months ago that you probably needed to find a new source for natural resources on top of, you know, the list. I probably put this on the top of your to-do list. Like most of Europe was heavily relying on Russian imports. Like, I don't know. That's just me. I'm sitting over here in the United States. Just going to throw that one out there. I could see it happening. Now, Russian generals also stated that the new, uh, that, excuse me, that the West is actually playing with fire by preventing the goods from reaching Kaliningrad. The only thing that could make this worse, as if it's not worse enough, is if we ended up in World War III scenario. I don't know why we keep going back to this. It seems like it's a weekly cycle. We go out of this World War III scenario, and then we come right back into it. It's just a never-ending cycle of, of debacle. It just, it never ends. Like, it's every single day. I don't know. When is this going to end? Is it going to end in World War? I don't know. Charles, what is going on? Why am I doing circles when I'm trying to, I, like when I'm sitting here typing this stuff up, and I'm like, oh my God, I'm taking my notes. And the first thing that comes to mind is God. Here we go again. We're going back into World War III talk. It's like almost like they don't mind it happening, which is even crazier. I, I was just, before we started this podcast talking about random things, apparently Biden is asking for mo, more money because there's another pandem, pandemic coming, by the way, just so everybody's aware. What, what is this one about? I am so confused. Did, did he go off script? He said we need it for the next He says we need it for the next one. I was so confused. Like, what are you talking about? Like, what, 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 can we, we just ended the first one. Or this last one, not the first one. We just ended this last one. I don't want to talk about this right now. We got so much other stuff going on. The whole world over there in Europe is literally about to implode. And he's like, oh, you know what? We need to spend a little bit more money. Uh, there's another pandemic coming. What the f*** are you talking about, old man? Please, we're not going to go there. I don't want to go there. But, you know, we're going to throw a little bit more fuel on the fire. Why not? One? Let's go ahead. Uh, let's not forget that North Korea will actually be testing some more nuclear missiles this week during their multi-day meetings. Uh, where apparently, they're discussing major defense policies and developments. The funny thing about North Korea, I'm just going to throw this out there, is if they just didn't speak and do crazy things, people would leave them the fuck alone. 100%. That country would probably be doing pretty well. I mean, they would be involved in world trade and economics, and their people wouldn't be starving due to being ruled by a crazy dictator. Ah, God, what a good way to start this thing off. You know what I mean, Jellybean? I'm over, oh, my God. What are you, what are you thinking, Charles? 
It's doomsday talk on a never. It's just a big cycle of just. You guys, you guys have to be getting tired of it. It's almost like when they talked about the pandemic for the first like eighteen months. It was like, oh, what is going on? As if you guys couldn't hear me or see me, excuse me, I was beating my face off the mic. All right, I know, got a little overexcited there. There's been a lot going on. It's actually not a good thing. If you guys are on the Ukrainian side of this war, it is not very good. Uh, it's looking pretty grim in certain areas. Just gonna throw that out there. So everybody doesn't really understand what we're gonna be talking about. Not a lot has happened up in Kharkiv. Uh, it's pretty much been, I'm not going to say calm and silent, but there hasn't been enough for me to actually change an annotator and or edit, whatever word you like, edit. Uh, just south of here, not a lot going on. The Izium front, yes, the western side is still uh, pushing through or trying to push through, but they have not been able to actually gain any more ground. Now, I do know this is the like, third or fourth day now that the Ukrainians have held off the Russians that are trying to push south out of Izium towards Slovinask. Uh, over here in Lyman, they're having to regroup. Uh, I, they're thinking it's going to take roughly two to three weeks for the Russians to be able to regroup and actually refit and resupply the men in this area and actually re, uh, reestablish the BTGs. Uh, if you guys don't know what that is, but... but it's just a giant group of men, like five to 800 worth of men. We don't know exactly what it is. It's a battalion tactical groups, and that's pretty much it. So inside this area, do I think they're going to make a push? Mm, I don't know. It's going to be difficult to get across that river. All right, so this is going to be the area we're going to be looking at. All right, so I'm going to go over to a close-up map so you guys can see. We'll come back to this one here in a second. Now we're going to be talking about the Papazna area. So this is the area we're looking at. All right, so this is very important. There's been a lot going on. Now, after Russians were actually able to push through the defensive line of the Ukrainian, um, the, the town of Tushavika yesterday, they were extremely successful actually gaining more white space. Now, I have a couple different theories here. So this is actually the area, and I'm kind of glad I leave it like this for you guys who are actually able to see this on the, the YouTube channel. You guys see all these, these red areas and the little blocks. So this actually gives you an understanding of what kind of ground the Russians have taken. Now, they've taken a very large chunk Okay, this is the area I'm looking at right there. So that area I'm talking about. This is the area they've taken. So when I say white space, I mean the area that is under their control and has actually been cleared. Okay. Now, this might have been the largest chunk of ground they've actually secured since the beginning of the Eastern Offensive about a month ago. Uh, they captured the town of Myrna Donia, uh, while an element is actually pushing towards Bielohora and another one towards Pizlini. I know this is not making a lot of sense if you guys aren't seeing it visually. Uh, probably because I'm jacking up the names. But one of them is just south of Lischansk. The other one is going to be south. Uh, actually, it's just another one south. So two of them south of Lischansk. One is more southwest, and the other one is just north of Zolote. Okay. Now, I read multiple reports a few days back that stated that the Russians have actually amassed massive, like thousands of men, a thousand more men in the Eastern Front. But I honestly did not think they would be able to push through as fast as they have. Now, this is a clear indication that they have an overpowering might of men inside of this region. Like I saw a lot of stuff coming through. A lot more T60, uh, T80s, T62s, like a ton of different tanks coming into this area. And I didn't really think that they were going to have this much of an overempowering might coming through. Now, that being said, this is a massive problem for the men that are down in Zelote because the northern side of Hirsky is now being attacked as well as we speak. So you literally have a three-pronged approach. I, 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 I say three. That's just from this one area. Now, I'm going to make the assumption that the Russians are also pushing out of here, pushing east to try to entrap them inside of Zelote, which is a big, it's a bad deal. That's a very bad deal. I said yesterday, and I believe last Friday, 
if, uh, if I'm not mistaken, that I believe that the men inside of the town should actually start a tactical retreat if possible so they don't become encircled or just trapped in general. I, I'm almost positive I did say that last Friday, as, as all the way back to last Friday, which is a handful of days ago. I thought that Zelote was under uh, some pressure, and I think it would be best if those men actually pushed back towards Lischansk and just kind of, I don't want to say give up Zelote, but not get themselves in a situation which we're in now. Okay, And that seems to be the most likely course of action as I do not see the Ukrainians being able to actually get supplies in and out of the area and more reinforcements really down there. I mean, if you guys look at it from a map perspective, there's not a lot of main routes that are inside this area. There just isn't, okay, which is just north, uh, northwest of Zelote. If you guys aren't seeing this visually, there's no roads, main routes leading in and out. Now, we'll say it is possible that Russians could have overextended themselves once again, which we've seen them do this in the past, like possibly left a gap for the Ukrainians to actually get through their front lines like we've seen multiple times, actually. But I am actually going to assume, which I know it's a terrible thing to assume. You know what they say about assumptions. Uh, anyway, but after the past few times, we have seen the Russians secure ground and they haven't really lost it. Now, that is only that is really only here on the eastern front. Okay, they haven't really lost a lot of the area they've taken. Okay, but on the other side of the country, all over the northern, all over the all the way down to southwestern portion, they've lost a lot of ground. I believe that they're actually able to keep back an element in the rear after capturing a town like conscripts who aren't really trained really well. They're not really equipped really well, but they're able to actually hold an area that is, I guess you would call clear, like white space. Like they're able to sit back and, and hold it. Now, while the better soldiers actually continue to push forward, okay. I'm going to show you guys something as well. If you guys are looking on the YouTube channel now, if you're not, I'm going to I'm going to try to voice it as best I can. There's a big problem here. There's a P66 route that is coming out of Zelote. Okay, just imagine the main highway, just your main interstate that's coming out. We're just going to say it's it's five six lane road. I don't know why it'd be five, but six four lane. We'll say four lanes. All right, the main route leading out is now controlled. By the Russians. Definitely not a six lane, but you know what I mean. It's a main route. Now, there is one route that leads out the northern side that goes into Hirsky, but the problem is, is that route leads into a town that is currently under Russian control as well. So imagine if they were to be able to get it this way and then push a little bit west. Now they're going to run into Russians on this side. I'm not saying that that, that probably is, honestly, their best course of action as of right now because then they can actually take this main road and then push up. But to be honest with you, I don't have proper intelligence, clearly, because I'm getting all this stuff open source. This main route could be completely under Russian control. Things change so fast. Every 12 to 24 hours, things change so fast. Now, I actually have some drone footage from this area that will give you a better understanding of what it looks like on the ground. So please take note of the smoke that is pretty much going to be 360 along this area and the craters in the middle of the field that are caused from MLRSs. If you guys are not following on the YouTube channel and you want to see this, you guys need to. It'll give you a better understanding of exactly what Zelote, Hirski, um, Tashvika, all the entire area looks like. Now, an even crazier sight to see is how destroyed the town of Tashvizka is. Okay. Just this is the this is the main area. So that main town you guys are about to see in this clip. This is the main area that has been held off pretty much I'm going to say for the last month and a half. They have not made any sort of uh they've not been able to take any kind of ground. Now you're going to see how destroyed it is from this drone footage and just take a look at the outer surrounding area and it, there's literally nothing left of it. Like you can see the massive craters go ahead and play that. 
Now, as you guys saw, if you guys are on the channel, there was literally nothing left of the city. Like I said, if you noticed off in the distance, it was extremely destroyed with massive craters all around the outer edges. But you know what? Like Russia has been saying over and over and over again earlier in this episode, they are the peaceful ones, right? They don't do anything. They're not going to use military action. That town destroyed itself. The Ukrainians destroyed that town themselves. I just That's just what happened, right? You know? You know, going back to the fact that this is the largest amount of ground the Russians have actually been able to secure since the beginning of the Eastern Front, like the Eastern Push, I guess you would say, since they actually lost uh, the ability to take over Kharkiv, and you guys remember Sumy and all that area, when they couldn't do it and they pushed all the men around. Now, there is a chance. I want, to, I want you guys to take this, this second thought in, 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 in here. I'm going to go ahead and clean up the map for everybody who's over here on the channel. Go ahead and clean this thing up. Now, there is a chance that the men that were down inside of Zelote, which is right there, inside of Zelote, we're actually able to retreat, and that's why the defensive lines along this side finally collapsed. Now, are we going to see a new defensive front by the Ukrainians along the main route leading out of Bakhmut? That's what I'm saying. So what if these men were actually able to already get out of Zelote, and we didn't know it? Because, I mean, I'm always, I might be a day behind, 24 hours, 12 hours behind. Sometimes I'm only 30 minutes behind. Now, what if, this would be some intel that they wouldn't like to actually get released. You know what I mean? What, what if the main portion of the Ukrainians actually pushed back, and now you have a new defensive line that looks something like this. What if that's the case? You know what I mean? They're able to hold along this main ridge line as of right now. They've been holding pretty well. I like how I keep putting like Subway sandwiches on the map, but you understand what I'm saying. Now, I know a fairly decent at like gathering open source intel and sifting through it, all the nonsense, but this honestly could be a real thing. You know what I mean? They actually were able to actually get out. I'm not saying this is, and it is true to be the case, of course. But I'm, not, I'm just saying this. This is me, like, trying to put together all the pieces of the puzzle. I'm just saying something else that could actually be going on here that allowed this front to actually collapse. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just going to throw that one out there. So, that is something. Now, we are actually going to push a little bit south here. Severe Nadesk itself, uh, I, I believe, right now, as I am making this video, they're having to retreat from the city back into Lizchansk. I feel like... I, I don't know. I keep saying this over and again. I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, but I don't believe personally that holding, I, I don't know. City itself would have been better to hold off from Lyschansk. I get it. They, they inflicted massive, massive casualties on the Russians trying to take this city. But I think personally that Lyschansk is going to be the next Mariupol type stand just because it's going to be extremely difficult for the Russians to get in. And yes, it was so extreme that I had to close my eyes when I said it. It's going to be tough. That, that area is going to be extremely difficult, but it all is going to come down to as well on how many men end up having to give up and lay down their arms inside this lote and how fast this area is going to collapse on the way to list chance. So we're going to back up here. I'll go up to my bigger handy dandy map. We were, we were just looking inside of this, this area right here, here a second ago. We're going to scroll, and, scroll out excuse me, and actually push a little bit south. So this is one of the first times we've actually seen any type of movement, uh, like literally, I, I think, in, in over a month, at least down here in the southern front, that is. The Ukrainian military has actually started to push south out of Volodar and have secured the town of Pavlika and continued assaulting even more south towards uh, Yurovika. Okay, so we're looking right here. This area has been heavily fortified, as you guys can tell. They secured this town and now continued to push south. Okay, it's a good thing, right? Now when I back up and you take a look, as a whole of this area. Okay. When you look at the map, I'm not really understanding exactly what the plan here is. Honestly, I don't know if they're attempting to push farther South. If that's the case, how far South are they willing to push? Did you create even have enough resources to mount any sort of like legitimate, massive offensive inside this area? Now, as I say this, I'm going to tell you guys, 
as well, there's another offensive push that's actually happening inside this area towards Polohoi, okay, which is just right here. They're actually pushing right now south towards Polohoi out of Hulipool and in this area that's in here. Now, I'm going to say I am not sure what the end goal here is entirely, so I cannot make any assumptions as, as to what can happen next inside the area. What the Ukrainians are honestly trying to do, I have, I have no idea. Kirsten would be my best bet, but you know what? I'm going to I'm back up to the main map. I, this is what I'm looking at down here. This is where the area we just showed you. Now, if you back up and just look at this as a whole, you know, like the amount of ground they're going to have to cover to get there, it would take literally months for them to clear these areas uh, that are currently controlled by the Russians. Now, I know they've had a little bit of problems that is the Russians down to multiple. They've had some issues down there. Tokmak as well. Uh, Kyrgyzstan is pretty much the main uh, area that the Ukrainians are trying to get back right now. So, I don't know. Maybe they are trying to actually get down into multiple uh, we know Berdians could be a could be a play. I, I don't entirely know. I know that all this ground, Brett's pretty significant. It's a lot. Now, over here near Kirsten, switch over to the Kirsten map. It looks as if the Russians were actually able to retake the town of Oleksandrovica, which would be the seventh rate town. This town has literally been taken and retaken and taken and retaken. It's literally switched hands multiple times, which is right here. Okay. Now, they were actually able to secure a bit more of the ground in between Oleksandrovica and M14 Highway, which has actually been known to have VDB working in the area, which is, this is the area I am talking about. Now, the head of security and defense forces in the southern side of Ukraine has stated that the Ukrainian forces are advancing towards Kyrgyzstan and pushing the Russian occupiers out of the, the second and the third line of defenses. So, I don't know exactly, like, what she's talking about. Uh, personally, not seeing it, like, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I could be incorrect. It does not seem like the Russian. It does. Excuse me. It does seem like the Russian reinforcements that came in over the last forty-eight hours have made a very impactful um, progress on the fight that's currently taking place. You guys remember they had been moved from roughly about right here, and they shifted all the way around. Now, with that happening, they were able to gain back the ground inside of this area, all on the on the western, or excuse me, on the eastern side of Oleksandrovka. So, I don't know. I don't really tell her what she's talking about. Over the next forty-eight hours, we probably should see. Uh, one of the things I am curious about is what is happening over Papazna. Are they going to be able to actually secure and hold that ground? Or are the Ukrainians actually going to be able to push back through, take some of the ground, get some of the men out of Zolote? I, I don't know. You guys are going to check back tomorrow. I really cannot give you. I have no idea. So this is an ever-changing thing. So check back tomorrow. I do love you guys. Thanks for hanging out with me. I'm out. See you guys tomorrow.